everybody. Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Tate. That's Andy King. Chuck Tate. How you doing, mate? Doing great, mate. Summer is in the air. Oh, I can feel it. Oh, man. And you know, you know when you know that summer is in the air, kids are talking about summer camp. True. And True story. Uh, I know uh, my daughter's going to be going to summer camp soon. Even with COVID, there are some places that are allowing it. And so to get her ready, guess what we did? To get her ready for summer camp? Yeah. Um, made her sleep outside? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Netflix have this amazing new show called A Week Away. You told me about it, and our family watched it. Oh, man. Now, I got it. I got to say something. Oh, come on. Come now, on. I watched the trailer. I'm like, this is cool. I mean, it definitely appeals to, to teenagers, right? Yep. Um, it's a good, clean family Christian film. Yeah, yeah. Right? On Netflix. On Netflix. And about 10 minutes into the movie, everyone burst into song. <laughs> and I turned to my wife and I said, this is a musical. I am going to stab Andy. <laughs> And I had this flashback memory back in the day the 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 movie um, with with Abba. Oh, what was it? there was this? Oh, uh, Mamma Mia! Mamma Mia! So I, I never went... watched it. You know why I never watched it? Because it's a musical. Because it's a musical. Okay, <laughs> dang you! So several years ago, when Mamma Mia came out, date night, Annette and I went to the theater. She did not tell me it was a musical. Oh man! And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, five minutes in, they burst into song. And I literally turned to her and out loud, because it was all women. I was like the only, I'm not joking, I was the only guy. And I turned to Annette and I went, no! And all the women in the theater laughed. Oh my gosh. But I, I enjoyed it though. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this, this show is absolutely brilliant. Excellent. I mean, the reason why we're talking about it as well um, is the, uh, the, the guest that we've got on today is playing a lot of these songs. And let, let me try and explain. Uh, a week away, this show is what what we've said. It's like high school musical with camp rock, if you put them two together. And, and, and then throw Christian. in Michael W. Smith. Exactly. Because <laughs> in, in it, they redo songs uh, from Michael W. Smith, from Steve Curtis Chapman. Amy Grant. Amy Grant. Does Who's a been on Revival Town Podcast. Come on, go back so and So it was really it cool. She, she has a cameo in it. She has a cameo. Steve Curtis Chapman has a cameo has in it. Has a short it. cameo. Did you ca- catch I, it? I did catch it. You you tipped me off, and yeah. I did catch it. Um, and then... And you also ticked me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it was it was ex- great movie. And, and for those who are thinking, well, is this like a... Did they get, you know, second-rate actors... Uh, no, Bailey Madison is in it, who yeah. was in Parental Guidance, uh, Bridge to Terribithia. I can never say that last one. <laughs> <laughs> but Parental Guidance, a lot of people would know this gal, and she's in a ton of Hallmark movies. Yeah. Uh, and, and she was brilliant in it. The acting is solid. Yeah. It's not cheesy. No. It's no. not cheesy. I mean, it's a musical. Yeah. But it's but- not like... Everything is sang. It's not like that. No. But there's probably 10 songs in it, right? Would you say? Um. <laughs> <laughs> and you got some people who are saying, eh, I'm not going to watch it now. No, I would say there's there's three songs. That, no. Okay. Yeah, no, there's yeah, there's eight or nine, 10 yeah. songs. And 
all but, done well. But it, yeah, it's it's done well. It's fun, and um, our family we enjoyed it. We had a good time with it. Yeah, it was we, good. We did too. So if you want a good story, great story. If you're wanting to get into the summer camp feel, getting ready to to go to summer camp, this is a great movie night for families. Yes, and there's a Michael W. Smith song from back in the day, A Place in This World. Yeah. And Stu G, our guest today, tours with Michael W. Smith. Yeah, he used to be in the band Delirious. I know we've had three, through, three through. of, <laughs> we've had three of the five <laughs> members. <laughs> Welcome to the Delirious Podcast. <laughs> and I know that Stu Smith, who is the drummer, is going to text me saying, "Okay, what have I done? Because why aren't I on the show yet?" Uh, Stu, you'll be coming soon. Uh, but seriously, uh, Stu G, he is the electric guitarist for Delirious, uh, or was for Delirious, he wrote a lot of the songs with Martin. Uh, Majesty, Revival Town, he wrote that yeah, yeah. With, with Martin. And um, and so we had Stu on today that um, he now is with Michael W. Smith. And you told me that he co-wrote the song God of Miracles. Yes, right? I Which didn't is... know that until I saw that today. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so cool. So, um, so we... we know you're going to have a great time today listening to this because it's not just about music this uh he's been on a journey he wrote a book called words from the hill all about the beatitudes and um has now turned into an e-course you'll hear all about that today you'll find out how you can sign up for the e-course and it won't cost you much either yeah yeah wow that's pretty good yeah you know yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) so uh we want you to uh sit back and relax because uh, <laughs> Chuck, what's wrong over there? What? Uh, I was just going to say, I was thinking about a week away. Oh. <laughs> a week away. And part two is going to be a fortnight away. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I couldn't help it. More of Tate and his mate after this conversation with Stu G. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. All right, everyone, it's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Stu Garrard, a.k.a. Stu G., has spent a lifetime in music and collaboration. As a founder, member, guitarist, and songwriter for the British band Delirious, Stu and his bandmates left a legacy urging others to pioneer in the area of music and worship. After Delirious ended in 2009, Stu's journey continued across the pond and worldwide. He continues to be a sought-after guitarist and songwriter in the Nashville scene and tours with Michael W. Smith. Stu's passion for collaborating and helping people has led to his life work, The Beatitudes Project, an online e-course. He's also the author of the book, Words from the Hill, An Invitation to the Unexpected. Using film, music, and stories encouraging people to discover the counterintuitive way of following Jesus. Stu, welcome to Revival Town Podcast. Great to have you here. Great to be here, Chuck, and hey, Andy. Thank you for having me. Oh, and uh, we we also need to let people know we've obviously had Martin on in recent months uh, from Delirious, 
and Stu and Martin wrote the song Revival Town, which is the inspiration, the inspiration for the title of this podcast. That's amazing. And yeah. <laughs> we were just thinking, wow. I wonder if we're paying royalties. We may need to do yeah, something. Yeah, got, <laughs> did, you, did you get our check? <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I noticed that Tim's been on already as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I'm, you're gradually working your way down the list. <laughs> and you know who's who I'm going to get a message from tonight is uh, Stu Smith. Because when, <laughs> when we first had Tim on, who was the first person we had on, he was like, hey, wait, why did you start with Tim? <laughs> well, I used to do a, a podcast called 41 Strong. And Andy, your friend Dave Jane was yep. on episode like 147. And I introduced him as my good friend, Dave. He's like, my good friend, he waited 147 episodes to have me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stu, we thank you for... Uh, taking the time and obviously we've got so much to talk about a lot of the yeah. things that have been going on recently with COVID and what you are doing now but yes. I thought what we would do is um, go back to the early years of Delirious because you were the the only one that was not part of the family so to speak of yes. all the guys how did you um get connected with the guys when in the early years uh before it was even called delirious yeah well um look, going back I, I was part of a church in london uh called praise community church and uh my wife and i we lived with our pastor and his wife we lived in community there and we basically traveled around with them and that's where i learned like we were new christians and that's where i learned how to lead worship mm -hmm. and you know play music in church and and kind of get involved in that sort of thing and uh, part of that journey we helped plant a church in belgium and wow. uh, a little house church there and uh but at the same time um i had my own band and we would uh play the rock venues in um in london and and roundabouts and uh we'd have a ready-made audience come from the the you know uh, people in the church and what have you and so we'd often get repeated uh, invitations to go back and anyway that led on to me uh becoming a worship pastor um at a church in um in kettering in the east midlands and uh, um, i was kind of responsible for three congregations there and uh and during that time i was able to to um to travel and tour with some other worship leaders so one in particular was noel richards from the uk and um and um another one was kevin prosh who is from america yeah. and um working with those two people in particular was when i got connected with um uh, martin and tim to start with um because noel noel richards used to have this um uh, forum for worship leaders and musicians that he would have um in, in cobham every every month or so and uh, so we met there mm. um and um and that was right at their beginning of starting the cutting edge events and so they invited me down to uh to play one week and um you know I, I, so i remember that initial drama hall uh, uh in a school uh with about 70 kids and um and and that's when i started and and uh so i went back home after that night and i said to my wife karen i said uh next time we go down because they'd love me to go back um like you should come with me and um because i don't know what but there's something going on here mm. you know and uh so we went down together and 
um, you know, over the over the next few months of this period of time, we we kind of fell in love with the people and the church down there, and um, we ended up, um, you know, they invited us to go down and be a part of it all. I mean, there, it wasn't a job or anything. It wasn't like we weren't touring or anything like that. But um, uh, we we just wanted to be around that environment and part of the church in Littlehampton, and uh, and so we we moved from Kettering down to Littlehampton, and. Um, uh, you know, so I had to leave a job. I had to leave my employment, wow. um, and I and I went back to being an electrician, which was my initial trade. Wow. And uh, um, you know, Karen was six months pregnant. We had a little girl who was just over a year old, and um, um, and you know, it was just like we would have done anything to be a part of it. Wow. You know, so if it meant you know, uh, moving and and leaving an income, all that kind of stuff, that 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 paled into insignificance. Um, compared to being around something with friends that there was this kind of some kind of vision yeah. for uh, uh, worship and music and, uh, and 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 keeping it kind of real you know yeah and so so it truly how- was a step of faith then you you weren't moving for the band as such a as the band was set up and you were ready to go on the road this was purely moving because you felt God was in the the midst in the area yes Wow. Yes. And, you know, also, you know, we, we um, I was writing songs and leading and, you know, touring with a band and all that kind of stuff. And it, um, and so there was a shift there as well, because I wasn't I obviously wasn't the front man. Like and I I went to um, I went to support what uh, what was happening with Martin and, you know, um, and and his kind of gifting and what have you. And, you know, it, it just it didn't feel like I was taking a step backwards. Or anything like that. It was just like, let let's go and uh, and and see what God does here. Wow, that's so cool. Probably one of the best moves you've ever made. <laughs> just yeah. just yeah. to be around yeah. that, but then to see what happened from there. Tell us a bit. And we've asked Tim and Martin the same question, but uh, tell us about those early years of the cutting edge. You know, the living in a can time. Yeah. Um, that there was something that was birthed out of Littlehampton at that time that yeah. is still affecting the world. Some of those songs, yeah. you know, I, I just recently saw Kerry Job and Cody Carnes do a version of uh, Obsession. Um, yeah. And, and that's now on their tour. I saw they're doing it mm-hmm. on their tour. Um, but that was birthed out of this, like, awakening. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about that time. Yeah. So it was an extraordinary time in the UK. Um uh, I'm going to mention Kevin Prosh again because um, he, re- if no one knows who Kevin Prosh is, at the time that, that I knew him, he was uh, part of um, the the Vineyard movement. Mm. Um, he had an incredible prophetic gift um, and was an incredible musician. Mm. And so, um, but what he was doing when I was, I, I got to tour with him and hang out with him, what have you. And he was another person that I just wanted to be around. And so he was encouraging people to kind of really um, uh, push their, their, how can I say this? Uh, you know, like he would always say, God loves your tone. It was a bit of a joke, but, you know, like as a guitar player, right. you know, he was he was encouraging me to use all my influences yeah. and, um, and, and like pray through my guitar you know and and prophesy through music you know and so uh so that's what kind of like was happening at the same time in the uk there was like this thing that was uh kind of a unity that was starting to happen so um 
you know what happened with with uh, the cutting edge events was that they, these were local to Little Hampton, and uh, but you know as that sort of sound got out, you know through these little cassette tapes that we were making, uh, people started to come, you know and uh, um, and we'd get the odd invite here and there, you know come to Milton Keynes and we're going to do like a citywide event and and um, you know um, and so we said yes to a lot of those and. Um, uh, so what was happening was that all these churches were getting together. It didn't matter mm. what denominations they were, um, Catholic, Protestant, you know, whatever, uh, 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 everything within those things. You know, we were all getting together and like having these nights of worship and 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 the, and teaching, I guess, you know, because uh, the, the, there was something about, and, and I remember Martin saying something similar to, to you about this, but, um, you know, how... Like there was something that we were doing that was like singing over people, like yeah, singing over yeah. the city, you know, and, and we were kind of like um, riding this wave of sort of unity amongst churches in the UK. And it wasn't just us, you know, like talking about um, Kevin Prosh, like we, uh, when I was playing with him, we played at the very first Soul Survivor uh, conference and um, or event. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of blew up. There was a 17-year-old... Um, Matt Redman there, you yeah. know, and uh, and Kevin was influential wow. in, you know, kind of seeing uh, where 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 he could go, you know, and so, um, you know, and and you know, so if you think about that time, what was happening with Soul Survivor, what was happening with us on the South Coast, uh, it it wasn't just us that turned into delirious. It was it was people like Soul Survivor and Matt Redman and Tim Hughes and you know all getting inspired at the same time, and and that's what kind of came out. Of, of the UK and sort of inspired the world, you know. Wow. So those those early years obviously became foundational. Um, yeah. But then there was that. And I don't know if it was a, a, a switch for you guys as in we're going to do something different or if it was just following that prompting of God of, okay, we've got to get our music out to a, a bigger crowd so they can hear about Jesus. And, yeah. and there was so, that, that turn especially in the UK with the BBC and, and with people starting yeah. to really want to hear it. Yeah. So, um, you know, my memory of that is that, um, Martin wrote the song, uh, did you feel the mountains tremble? And, um, and I remember the night that we did that for the first time at a cutting edge event. And, you know, we probably played music for about 45 minutes or something, but we only played that song. Like, you know, <laughs> kind of going in and out, wow, out wow. of it. And, you know, this idea of open up the doors and let the music play. And I remember um, Becca, Becca Jupp getting up and kind of, you know, like exhorting everyone to um, not keep what we have to a Sunday night once a month or, yeah. or just to the four walls of the church. But, you know, to take what we have right now and, and, and let it come with us into mm. our colleges our workplaces are you know and uh and and you know we were encouraging people to do that and um and i remember having the conversation with martin like even just around his bedside in after he had his accident um you know and uh uh he was saying you know i really feel like i've been given a second chance and like he'd been reading this book called uh u2 at the end of the world by uh, a journalist called Bill Flanagan and um, he said you got to read it Stu it's like really life-changing and it really was like it, it, 
he says i want to do this yeah and uh um and so um we kind of decided that our music wasn't just for uh the events that we were doing the worship events like that that we really wanted to um have it out on the street you know we wanted to let the open up the doors and let the music play yeah. you know and so and you know there wasn't a huge christian industry that there were christian artists and 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 worship records and things like that so it, it wasn't non-existent but it wasn't like a really big kind of industry and so the natural step for us was well it just needs to be out in the high street alongside everyone else mm. you know mm. all our influences you know and so at the time it was people like you two like radiohead um and, and etc um wow. and so um we wanted to release singles and i remember um we had a song called white ribbon day and um i'm skipping ahead a little bit here but the, to a point um we had a song called white ribbon day and um it was about the peace process in northern ireland um and uh we had we we did this gig in the in the midlands somewhere and this this gentleman came up to us and said um i really love that song it's before it was recorded you know and he, he said i really want I, I i could really see this being a single like this message needs to get out and um you know he gave us some money to uh to help us release this as a single wow. and that was our very first single release um it was before king of fools you know it was yeah. before all deeper and everything like that and uh um and so you know we did that and we didn't quite make the top 40 on that one it like, <laughs> went to number 41 oh but, man, um, so close but, you know it was, um, game, though. <laughs> i know it was a start you know and um it kind of got our juices going just to sort of see what is what was possible yeah um so just taking a step back like um after martin's accident and uh, i know he's told the story on here but um you know and we all ended up deciding yeah this is what we want to do we're going to go for this we're going to go full time i remember tim saying you know if we were able to you know say yes to all these invites and do sort of two three four uh times a week that we'd be going out and playing at these places you know i reckon we could um and, and if we sell this many cassettes and if we sell this many t-shirts i reckon we could pay ourselves 800 pound a month and uh um and right. so we were uh, you know we were like yeah <laughs> let's do it <laughs> And, uh, and so, um, uh, and so, you know, we decided to, uh, after Martin's accident and, and everyone was in the, this kind of same place, um, cause we'd all got really busy with the cutting edge stuff, um, as well as holding our jobs down, you know? And so, um, uh, we decided to go full time and we, we decided to call ourselves delirious. And, um, uh, for that first year, um, you know, we, we, we pretty much said yes to to a lot of these kind of citywide events. We went out, um, we're, we're doing music and worship. But so Tim owned a studio, and Martin was a sound engineer, and um, uh, we had a truck uh, that, that carried our gear around, and we we bought a um, a console that we could keep in the truck, and Martin had a twenty four track tape machine, and uh, that used to stay in the truck. And uh, we had someone that would press record at the beginning of every night. And so for about a year, we just recorded everything we did, wow. um, including all the all the songs we did and all the prophetic moments, all the, you know, all, all that wow. kind of singing out stuff and waiting on God moments. And um, and that's what became Liven in the Can. 
Wow. Um, and it's probably, and so probably it, one it, of the best uh, albums, yeah. uh, projects that's ever been released, mainly because you did something that people weren't really doing, which was letting those moments go. You know, those... Yeah, those things. It it wasn't just every you know first song, three and a half minutes. Now on to the next one. You you guys yeah. were some of the first guys that were a band at least that were letting that go. And yeah, you know the the thing was is that we were um, we were hungry to experience the presence of God. You know, and I think we all kind of realized that I want to say this is kind of like usual language but you know we're nothing without the presence of god mm. or or that you know he is our promoter he's the one that lifts us up you know like he's the and, and um it, it was all about the presence and so to create an environment or an experience for people you know it doesn't happen just like that you know yeah. um and and so we decided to uh, sometimes hang out with the music and sometimes in silence you know yeah. uh but um just kind of you know one of our phrases was uh um um oh <laughs> can embarrass myself now you know like following wherever it goes right. that that sort of phrase you know and uh um uh, and then that's that's what we did yeah like and then we we had no one like we didn't have a uh we owned our own label you know that that kind of developed um so we didn't have anyone telling us we could or couldn't do anything right uh so so we just went for it and um and yeah they were amazing days yeah yeah well brings back so many memories for me um like andy mentioned i planted a church back in 1998 and i remember that when, the very first thing that we did before we planted the church is we put together our band and we knew it's going to be a strong um emphasis on on worship and the presence of god and music and our vision from the very beginning was to create an environment that attracted people who weren't comfortable in a traditional church setting we weren't against it we were just choosing to um reach a different group of people that didn't know yeah. didn't know christ and this was before i mean nowadays everybody has a contemporary service and everybody's into the, the modern worship scene which you guys help pave the way for that because when i remember early on going into the practices before you know this is when we were just still planning the church i remember the band being excited about um delivery songs i remember in our first in our early years when um there was so much excitement because the guys were like this this is what we want to do this is yeah. this is it this is what this is what church should be we want to usher people into the presence of God. Obviously, his spirit is within us, but there's something about worship. The word says, yeah. ushers in the presence of God. In the presence of God, there's a fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's all connected to, to worship. So uh, yeah. I love that, Stu. I'm so grateful for the path that you guys blazed. I mean, um, you know, it's mm -hmm. still having a lasting effect in our church 23 years later. We still do obsession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and <laughs> the, we're obsessed with obsession. Here's the, here's the crazy thing. Um, I was just literally two weeks ago, um, I was downstairs and my son Ethan is 23 now. Um, he was upstairs and um, was listening to Glow, the album Glow. And um, he came downstairs and he goes, Dad, they don't do this anymore. Like, there is no one that is mm. pushing the musical mm. boundaries like Delirious did in those early years. And and I was like, yeah, that's why I like to listen to them. But what was amazing for me was all these years later, 
it was still relating musically mm -hmm. as well as spiritually to a younger generation as well, which was, and it, obviously he's grown up around Delirious, he's had to <laughs> in our house, yeah. but for him to come yeah. down and just say, there's, there's nothing like this out there, you know, and um, yeah. uh, so it was really cool to, to see that. Um, obviously, moving on from that, Stu, um, you had an amazing run with Delirious, played some incredible yeah. events, worship nights. What, uh, what were some of the highlights along that end part of the journey for you? Yeah, um, gosh, so many. I mean, um, I personally never felt more alive than when we're in, in environments, it, it, you know, I'm doing quotes here, but in, in the high street. So, you know, things like Glastonbury Festival, mm. um, we, we got to tour with Bon Jovi and, and play some dates with some folks like that. And uh, so, um, you know, like playing those festivals in, in, in Europe that were kind of rock festivals and radio, uh, you know, when we had hits on the radio and stuff like that. Um, that was that was really special. They were heady times and uh, really special. It felt like we were we were definitely kind of pioneering something because we would we would do songs like History Maker and My Glorious and, you know, all the, we, we didn't change anything for the environment you know yeah, so yeah. uh um that was amazing that those were incredible times and then i think um going to india um was one of the um things that kind of changed my life um wow. and and being able to play there and it wasn't just about the crowds and the playing to the music you know we although we did play to something like 1.2 million people over three nights or something wow, wow. 400,000 a night something like that and, uh, wow. um, but, um, it was, uh, it was just these, uh, the food experience, you know, <laughs> no, yeah. what was that? The said, food. It was the food. Yeah. I love Indian <laughs> yeah, food. Love Sorry. Food. Didn't mean to interrupt oh, you there. Oh <laughs> yeah. I could go for some uh, non right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, it was just this idea that, um, uh, being exposed to some of the, the extremes in India mm. uh, and and kind of you know being faced with extreme poverty um, uh, that was that was really life-changing for me and, and so it was things like that you know we got to play in like almost 50 different countries in our career and uh, so that was amazing that was um, uh, eye-opening yeah yeah because you would be in one place that's they're looking yeah. after you really good you know in a nice hotel but then yeah you're going through something that is wrecking your life to get to a yes. venue i remember yeah. you guys writing about that on on some of the the later mm -hmm. projects that you were, you were doing. yeah well let me ask yeah. you something Stu. i mean you've you've yeah. obviously played around the globe and and now you tour with michael w smith uh, do you have mm -hmm. any musical influences that would come as a surprise to most people listening oh that's a that's a good question i hadn't thought about that um uh, I mean, yes. Uh, uh, I mean, I really love I, I, I really love dance music, honestly. And uh, they used to call me Stu Garage, in, uh, you know, because I was really into garage music in the UK in, around 2000. Um, uh, and uh, so I, I love dance music. You know, I grew up with with two young girls uh, as my daughters, and uh, 
So, you know, everything from the Spice Girls to uh, <laughs> to Kanye West, you know. Is that influencing um, your dress as well? Is that, is that the Spice Girls? <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. that's right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I was the original Ginger Spice. I don't know. <laughs> that was before I went bald. Yeah, that's, oh, good. that's yeah. good. That's good. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> Did you, um, talking about that, doing about that, I know when you came to Peoria, uh, you yeah. came came here three times with delirious um but then um you came here with amy and michael w smith right uh, and i think that was the early years of you being with michael yes that had been 2011 yeah and that was the that was i don't know if you remember this or not we came to pick you up ethan and and myself uh at the hotel and as we walked in, you weren't down yet, but Amy was there with her crew, um, yeah. the band and, and the crew members. And then you came came down and said, hey, have you met Amy? Because she's right here. And I, I said, well, years ago, but I haven't sp- seen her in, in years, you know. And you introduced us and not knowing, you know, years later now, that introduction, Stu, as it impacted the Dream Center um, in a huge way, not just financially, but people getting connected to the Dream Center. Amy came back, got involved with the Dream Center. Um, and then obviously from that, when I was in Nashville, did some work with Amy as well. But it was yes. all from you saying, "Do huh. you have you chatted with Amy recently? Mm-hmm. And she asked yeah. the dangerous question of, to me, asking me, so what do you do? Because <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know Amy, you know her heart and her passion. Yes. Uh, she's been on on the show uh, here, and people heard that passion uh, and compassion for people. Um, yes. She was a part of a project that that you've been involved in as well. Um, yes. And was it that p- compassion that drew you two together f- to get her involved with that? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, so you're talking about something called the Beatitudes Project, yeah. and um, I was on tour with Michael and Amy, and. Um, I was telling her, she, you know, she's such a, an amazing person. And uh, we were sitting down having coffee one day and she said, so what, what else are you doing, Stu? And I said, well, got this, uh, this, I've been working on this dream that I've had for years um, to kind of put a, a modern lens on the Beatitudes, like what, what they look like now and how they can help us live a different way. And um, anyway, I was telling her the story and, and she was like, um, well, that sounds amazing. If there's any way I can help, let me know. And I said, well, would you like to write a song with me? Mm. And she said, yes, yeah, straight away. <laughs> and so like, that totally surprised me. And, um, um, and, and then several months later, um, our paths crossed and she said, oh, you haven't hit me up yet. You know? And I, I said, oh, you know, I wanted to wait until I've got like a uh, a, a good idea because I don't want to waste your time, you know. And she said, like, Stu, I'm always available. Like, yeah. if uh, it, if I'm busy, I, I won't be able to do something. If if I'm not, I will. So um, that was that. Anyway, so um, yeah, her um, enthusiasm for that project, and also, you know, how I was explaining the beatitudes to her, and she was she was kind of saying, well, um, I've never heard anything like this i always thought it was about you know uh, a list of things to attain to you mm. know and, and uh and of course i'm coming uh, from the point of view that it's all about the presence of god yeah. and uh, um and, and and so full of grace and mercy you know so um anyway so she was um 
she said yes, and I had this idea uh, that it should be the Mercy song uh, for Blessed Are the Merciful, and we ended up um, having lunch with a woman who'd been on death row for 27 years wow. and um, mm. uh, had had her sentence commuted and was, was eventually out on parole. And so uh, we, we sat down at Amy's house with her and uh, um, had this conversation about what mercy looks like to... Um, to her as a woman on death row, but also um, the women at Thistle Farms in Nashville um, who are all survivors of prostitution, addiction, trafficking. Um, Yeah, so uh, that was amazing. Let's dive into the book. I I, uh, was talking to Chuck earlier about the book. Um, Mm. Let's dive into that a little bit because that that then led into the e-course, correct? That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the Beatitudes project really came about because, you know, I was kind of like looking at the at what what was happening in the world and all this division. This is, you know, before uh, the the last um, uh, four years, you know, right. it was like before all this kind of political upheaval was, was happening. But it, it was still very polarized, all this division, not much empathy and compassion in the world. And uh, um, and. I've always been um, focused on the Sermon on the Mount. Like so, when we would travel in in America, um, as with Delirious, people would say, "Can you sign my CD? And can you put your favorite scripture on it?" And uh, so, um, <laughs> funnily enough, that's like uh, that, that's an American thing. <laughs> you don't get asked that anywhere else in the world. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, you know, I would always sign Matthew five six seven, which is the Sermon on the Mount. And so over the years, mm. the Beatitudes came into focus for me. Um, after reading it and reading it and reading it. And uh, it, it came into focus because I thought it would be a delirious album. Oh. You know, there's there's eight themes, and I thought, oh, it's great to sing about uh, uh, poverty in the world and, um, you know, how, how we lament properly and, and being peacemakers and all, all this stuff and showing mercy. It's like they're great themes for songs, you know, and I thought it would be a delirious record. And then um, when delirious finished we hadn't got around to doing that like for me when delirious finished it was it was a a really difficult time like i was in my 40s and uh you know i was looking back and thinking oh no is my best work behind me Mm. you know Mm. (laughs) and uh um what's next you know and um um anyway i had my own sort of um moment of uh, a couple of years really of like experiencing what I describe as in the Beatitudes project as a as a bottom of life moment, mm, right? Yeah. And uh, um, and you're in the space between something finishing and something happening, and um, um, and the Beatitudes began to uh, I began to understand the Beatitudes in a different way, mm. like rather than a list of things to attain to achieve a blessing, um, you know, they, they became about announcements of what is. Mm. And about this announcement of presence, like God is on your side when you're at the end of your rope. Mm. You know, God is on your side when you are uh, mourning and grieving. And uh, like became very much about the blessing being presence. And then um, obviously um, it's not just one way, you know, like we're invited then. The invitation is also presence, like to be present to ourselves, to our own places that we need to grieve or, you know, uh, uh, and it invites us to live a different way of becoming peacemakers and showing mercy and being willing to suffer for what we're uh, the way we're living. So, um, so anyway, uh, the uh, the project became uh, music, 
Um, so it's an album. It, it became a book of uh, like my journey of like telling stories about different people, and um, it, it was a, a, it's a film, music, book, uh, like a whole documentary film. It's artwork with Jimmy Abeg and Corey Basil. Um, there's poetry in the film. You know, it's kind of like this multimedia thing wow. that um, that during the 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 covid lockdown or pandemic uh with with made available um as a as an e-course um 10 week long e-course and there's there's like guided meditations on there and some prayers and, and and stuff like that and um yeah and so um and that's actually available um at, at the moment for whatever people can pay so if they can pay zero they can have it wow. if wow. they can pay so this direct this direct they can have it right now like <laughs> yeah. if they if, People that are listening right now, they're like, oh, I, I need this right now. Um, what do they do? Yeah, just go to thebeatitudesproject.com. Okay. Thebeatitudesproject.com. Love it. And it, and um, also, we want to let our listeners know, if you're looking for the book, it's called Words from the Hill, An Invitation to the Unexpected by Stu G. Yeah. So um, take advantage Thank of that. You. That's really yeah. good stuff. What, is, what has been some of the surprising things that have come out you went on this journey, right? Thinking it's going to be this yeah. book and CD, but what are, yeah. what are some of the things that you have learned and some of the things that have come out of this that you weren't expecting? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's been a real journey of transformation, honestly, you know, as I've kind of, um, experienced, uh, the presence of God for myself, you know, in my own sort of, um, moments where I need to, I mean, just talk about poverty of spirit for a minute. You know, that I talked about going to India where there's like extreme poverty right in front of you. And I think, you know, blessed are the poor. In fact, Luke says that, right? Yeah. But then Matthew says, blessed are the poor in spirit. And it's like, well, so what, what does that mean? Like it, it kind of like when you have nothing left, when even you feel like your religions let you down, mm. like, mm. like a spiritual poverty, right? And, uh, um, or, you know, uh, and there's people with 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 clinical depression, and, and uh, or, or you might have hit the bottom of an addiction, you know, and just like you're you're not in, uh, you know, when you feel like you've lost control, you know, and there's nothing left. Like the only thing that can help you is God's presence. Yeah, right? Amen. And so that that's how I understood, started to understand that. And uh, and so for myself, um, you know, we're all at different levels. Uh, I mean, there, there's all different. Um, you know, no one's grief is worse than someone else's, you know, right. so someone during COVID, you know, they might have lost someone or uh, th th there's a difficult way uh, that it's difficult to kind of put a league table on grief. Right. You know, it's just like your pain is your pain. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and so um, the idea of, of God being with you in that um, is, is incredibly hopeful to me. And you, go on, Chuck. Go on. Do you have a, I mean, obviously the Beatitudes Project is all encompassing, but is there one Beatitude that you gravitate toward more than the others, mm. like, a, like a favorite Beatitude? I mean, that, that would change on a daily basis if you ask me that question every day, but <laughs> it, I, I'll, I'll tell you some highlights and then my journey with it. So blessed are the peacemakers. Um, what does peacemaking look like in, in, in this time? And I went to the Holy Land. I've been there three times now oh, um, nice. where I um, talked to Israeli and Palestinian peacemakers. So I, I, I kind of, you know, fixed that chapter in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Um and uh, I, I visited with, you know, you know, one day you'll go to the 
uh, Yad Vashem, which is the uh, Holocaust Memorial uh, Museum in Jerusalem. And then, uh, you know, I went to a Palestinian refugee camp on the mm. same day. It's wow. like a wow. like whiplash moment, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, and so, and I went with an organization called the Telos Group that have become great friends. And so have some of these people over there. I mean, they're my heroes, honestly. But, you know, in the, in the book and in the film, you know, we talk about the way that you make peace in a, um, in a hotspot, in a violent hotspot, is the same as you make peace um, in your own uh, places at home, you know, whether it's a frosty relationship or... Um, or, or whatever that is at work, you know, it's about coming from behind our defences mm. and onto the contested space, and um, and being willing to want for your uh, adversary what you want for yourself, mm. you know. So um, the the whole project starts with this idea of what does it mean to listen, and so you know, peacemaking comes as we can listen to the other and uh, and begin to understand life from their perspective. Mm. So peacemaking is a big one. Uh, the Blessed Are the Meek is a really important one for me. So, you know, meekness, you know, uh, we grew up in our sort of evangelical churches understanding meekness as strength under control. You know, I believe that's the the direct kind of Greek sort of translation. But um, when I was thinking about, so who are the meek in my neighborhood, you know, um, uh, I began to look at this idea of like power. What does power look like, and what does what do the overpowered, and then the you know uh, on the other side, what does the underpowered, mm. uh, you know, who are they? What does that look like? Um, I I had a I have a friend who's a rabbi, and we we talked for about three days um, about this, and we came up with this phrase that the the meek are those whose presence is ignored, right? Mm. So, uh, so who are the people in your neighbourhoods whose whose presence is ignored? Perhaps mm. it's the elderly couple down the road, or perhaps it's the 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 mentally ill person, or the uh, uh, you know the blind person, or something, you know, yeah. or the or perhaps it's your black neighbour, or perhaps it's your uh, refugee neighbour, yeah. you know. That's and so, so, um, so we looked at um, what it's like in the south here. Um, uh, amongst the African-American community in Franklin, Tennessee, and uh, and then uh, refugees in Nashville, um, Syrian refugees. I, I talked to a Muslim uh, a friend of mine who's a, who's a chef, and uh, I reached out to the Islamic Center of Nashville. Like, what is it like? What's your story like um, growing up in, uh, in the Bible Belt, mm. you know, post 9-11 and in the age of ISIS? Like, how do we be good neighbors, wow. you know? Um, so the, the, the initial conversation isn't about evangelizing them. Right. It's about how can we serve each other? Like, how can we live in the same place? Wow. And that opens a doorway to so yeah. many things, uh, from serving yeah. one another to being a light as well in a, in a, yes. in, but you going about it, not where we're going to ram the gospel down your throat immediately. Yes. We want to get to know you. We want to hear that's your right. story. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that is really. Mm. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, if the gospel is that God loves us, yeah. then, uh, then by showing my love for my neighbor, you know, I am mm. representing the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so good. Very good. Wow. So this journey, obviously, as 
has took you on you mentioned going to the holy land and um is there yeah um and, and I know the music side of things, because obviously yes. you can't get away from that. You did an incredible job with the project uh, with yes. this. Thank you. Uh, and you involved not only Amy, but a lot of other artists. Did, yeah. did they talk about um, being a part of this was actually impacting them as well? Yeah. I, you know, I think, um, I, you know, with Amy, we were talking about, it, it wasn't the thing we ended up doing, which was mercy, but we were talking about, you know, the hunger and thirst for righteousness. And um, I was talking about, um, you know, the, the word that righteousness comes from in the Greek actually means righteousness and justice. Mm. So, you know, if we start reading the Bible um, and every time it says that in the New Testament, every time it says righteousness, if we add and justice, it kind of changes the way you think about yeah. it. You know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and justice. Wow, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, um, and uh, and yeah. So uh, you know, for Amy, that was really inspiring. And and so everyone, I I meant, I I mean, I was I was more in a place of learning from them a lot of the time. So just to name a few folks that are on there, like Hillsong United. Like I wrote a song with Joel Houston. That was amazing. Martin Smith, you know, we, we got back together to uh, write a, a song called Holy Troublemakers. I wrote Ooh. with a, a, a rap artist called Propaganda um, and uh, um, a young black artist called Terrian, um, who's now on the road with Toby Mac. Um, but that's an amazing song. She grew up in uh, in in the projects in Memphis, and uh, um, so we wrote a song called um, "Let My Dreams Fly," which is uh, a, a very kind of uh, big nod towards Martin Luther King, obviously. Yeah. And um, uh, Matt Marr, Audrey Assad. We, with Audrey, we wrote this song for refugees, and we um, I met this Syrian refugee family about a month or two months after they they'd relocated to Nashville and um, I met them through the Islamic Center of Nashville and uh, um, I sat in their living room we played some music together um, and it, I invited the, the the son who played the the drum uh, the tabla and uh, and the oud you know that mm. kind of string instrument yeah. um, to come and play on the record with Audrey so like two days later he was in the studio with wow. us and uh, um, and it's just amazing like the, the combination and and then of course my friend Marco W Smith he he came and um it wasn't long after his father had died and so uh we wrote a song with ian cron actually mm. uh from uh, who does the enneagram stuff and um uh we wrote a song uh that was for his dad called carry on wow. and um uh, all sons and daughters anthony skinner i mean there's there's 13 different artists on this record wow you mentioned michael obviously we, yeah. we couldn't do this uh this conversation without talking about Friends, friends, <laughs> <laughs> friends uh, but but seriously, going from delirious yeah. to Michael, obviously the same type of music but totally different feel. Was that hard for you? It wasn't hard. It was a it, there, there was a challenge there because I had to suddenly learn some songs that were incredible and, and different. So, you know, like for instance, um, we still do songs like "Place in This World" and "Secret Ambition" when we tour. Right. And so, um, you know, one of the the greatest guitar players in Nashville uh, w w is Dan Huff, right. and um, 
you know, so I have to play his parts every night because people want to hear those solos. Yeah, right? yeah. So, and that's the hard um, thing. People know how they sound. It's not like right. with Delirious, you could yeah. create something and then you'll do it every night. With this, yeah, you've got to right. stay yeah. on. Wow, yeah. yeah. So, so um, way back in the know, day, so one of my favorite albums was Last of the Runaways, Giant, which is the Huff Brothers, right? Wow. That's right. Yeah. 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 Incredible music yeah. and uh, an incredible player. My gosh. And so, um, you know, you'll often see me if we if we have any time. Uh, I'm often just uh, playing in the dressing room, you know, practicing those solos and, and making sure my scales and my, you know, <laughs> my fingers are moving. Um, so it's it's um, uh, it's a challenge in or a stretch in the right way. Like it's kept me doing fresh stuff for me like to carry on learning and i think that um uh that you know i i hope i never stop being challenged (laughs) and learning like that wow wow well we we are um close to coming to the the end of this uh conversation one last question that i didn't ask tim i didn't ask martin okay but i'm going to ask you what about a reunion (laughs) <laughs> yeah well i mean you know i heard martin say he's not he's he's not incredibly nostalgic um and uh whereas i kind of am you know so uh, uh i love what we did yeah. you know and uh, i mean i know he did too yeah um but i i'm very fond and i love looking back because i know how it formed me into you know the person i am today and uh the fact that we got to uh, do what we did was incredible, you know, and you know, worship has become a genre and I'm not sure that, that we ever really intended that. Like mm. we, we wouldn't have, uh, um, we wouldn't have said that. I think, you know, once something becomes the thing, it, it ends up in a box or with walls around it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that um, we uh, were totally expecting someone to uh to take what we were doing and you know take it further and you know people have done incredible stuff and we love it you know i love it i love everything that hillsong united have done and what elevation and bethel you know it's um, unbelievable what they're doing and stuff like that but i would love to see i know you asked me about a reunion but i'm going to tell you what i'd love to see i'd love to see um bands of people uh, and worship musicians uh, kind of reigniting the prophetic imagination mm-hmm. that's good. Um, that that can imagine a a, a a better future, you know, like which is what I've been trying to do with the Beatitudes project personally. You know, it's like let's make a better future than this divided um, country that we've got right now. Right. You know, um, and uh, and let's um, not try and you know uh, bring Jesus and align him with what we think you know let's let's kind of align with this counterintuitive king and his kingdom and uh and 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 go for a better day like with uh with our music as well as our lives you know and so uh i think we could do that you know but um it probably needs other people um if martin phoned today and said should we do something i'd say yes Right. Uh, but I couldn't speak for everyone. Yeah. So that's my answer. So we need to get all of you on the podcast at the same time. <laughs> and <laughs> well, Stu, thank you so much for, for sharing your heart and taking your time to, to share a part of your story. And, you know, you mentioned um, Dan Huff, but I tell you what, there's a lot of people listening that they would list you. 
And um, you're such a well-respected musician, guitarist. And we just want to thank you for um, your gift of of, of writing and leading people into the presence of God. And I know there are people listening right now. They have dreams in their heart, and they look up to you, and they are wanting to be obedient, whether it's to write a project like the Beatitudes Project, whether it's write a song or a worship album or to pick up the guitar. Can you pray for our listeners right now? Yeah. And um, just um, I know that they'll be encouraged and blessed by that. Yeah, Jesus, thank you for your presence right now. Thank you that wherever we are listening right now, you are with us. And we recognize you as the source of our lives. And we recognize you as the source of our gifts and the source of our inspiration. So God, I pray for every uh, budding musician out there, budding worship leader, budding filmmaker, budding poet, yes. whatever, doctors, nurses, everyone, Lord, that you would that you would draw close to us and that you would help us see the world the way that you see it. Yeah. Lord, let us want for our neighbors what we want for ourselves. And so, God, you are our promoter. You are the one that takes a song and let it be sung around the world. It's nothing that we can do other than, than just try our best and do our best work and learn our craft, you know. But we, we hold these, these empty vessels to you and say, you do what you will. And if that's not what I'm supposed to be doing, please open the door to something else so god uh thank you for your presence your presence is everything to us um and we we we're grateful and we love you amen 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 thank Thank you you. well we do something at the end of every show that is really just so that people can get to know you even a little bit more okay and and have some fun and have some fun it's called the big three and so uh, okay. Chuck is going to start with the, the first uh, question he's got. He's dug this out of the vault, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, my first question is, what was the first band T-shirt you felt super cool about wearing to school? Oh, Queen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I never mentioned Queen, but they are the reason that I play music. Oh. So uh, um, there, was a, um, there was a tour called The Crazy Tour. Um, and it was like 978, 979, and I never saw it, but I had a friend who went, and he brought me back T-shirt, and I wore that thing out wow. <laughs> for years. And, uh, and seriously, when when Delirious came to Peoria, I always remember Stu watching the DVDs or VHS tape, however it was, uh, before the events, just to get into that that you know mindset. Yeah, um, and you got chance to play with mark mattel who uh uh-huh. is, is involved with all the guys at queen how crazy was that it was actually brilliant it gave me an excuse to get the brian may guitar and uh <laughs> so i bought that and um yeah it, it was crazy i mean you know his his voice is so so similar to freddie's it's yeah. unbelievable and uh um yeah, it was it was a real honor. Wow, we we did we played somebody to love, which is one of my favorite Queen songs. So that's cool. That's good. okay. The question I've got is if if you had to have one meal left on this earth, you've got one meal to eat. What is it? Oh my gosh, one meal. I would say my wife's uh, steak and Guinness pie. Oh, oh man, 
with with roast potatoes, roast parsnips. Man, and, talk uh, about revival. And, oh, and beef gravy. <laughs> sure, in the full, presence of God. Full British right here, Stu. Wow. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> last question, Chuck. <laughs> All right. The the last question is this: um, If you could put something just crazy in in your rider you know obviously you've done a lot of tours playing with all the people we've mentioned um so if there was something that you could put on the rider like green m&ms anything and it would be always be fulfilled what would that item be (laughs) (laughs) um it would be a uh a dozen callaway chrome soft golf balls <laughs> <laughs> yes i was not expecting that <laughs> is that because you lose a lot of golf balls too? yeah i just like collecting them yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well my answer would be different i think uh, i can't I keep losing them. I oh, don't know. That's funny. That's funny. Well, Stu, yeah. we thank you for being on Revival Town podcast today. And uh, how can people get connected with you? I know you've mentioned about yep. uh, the Beatitude Product uh, website, social yes. media, things like that. How can people really yep. connect with you? Yeah, Instagram. Uh, I'm on a lot, and uh, so my my handle is Stugio. S T U G I O, and. Uh, uh, that actually, like people think that's to do with studio and they just put my G in it or whatever. It actually came from the golf course because one of my favorite golfers is Sergio Garcia. Oh. And uh, um, and we were on a tee one day and I was with my good friend Andy Hutch. who used yeah. to do the lighting for Delirious and videos and stuff like that. And uh, he was like just teasing me like crazy before I was like, uh, you know, trying to put me off. And uh um, he was like, oh, come on, Stugio Garcia. Uh, so Stugio, that's where it comes from. Wow, that's cool. Uh, so Instagram is Stugio. Uh, Facebook is simply Stug. Right, oh. and that's S-T-U-G. S-T-U-G, yeah. Great, great. And well, website, you mentioned Beatitude. Anywhere, yeah. any, anywhere the else? Be- Thebeatitudesproject.com. I mean, that, that, you know, keep on my socials for every, anything else. Right. But, um, um yeah, the beatitudesproject.com. That's like if I if there's one place to go, like it's there because uh, um, you know, like I said, you know, people can pay whatever they want to pay for it right now, even if it's zero. And uh, you know, I've really created this and in, in collaboration to help people. You know, like we, we're so um, uh, it's, it, there's not enough compassion and uh not enough mercy not enough peacemaking in the world right now and so i want to help people take steps towards that great well thank you so much Stu, for being on revival town podcast today we really do appreciate it and next time we're talking so much next time we're going to talk some golf okay next time you're (laughs) back all right all right (laughs) thanks Stu. (laughs) thank you well mate what do you think well, he he said something that I was really happy about. He'd be open to a reunion. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's, yes. That's, I tell you what, if there's a reunion tour in the future, oh, we're having them on Revival Town Podcast. Oh, for sure, for sure. I tell you what, uh, and, you know, I mentioned it. I've known them for a long time. Hopefully what you're hearing from the guys from Delirious in, in the interviews is their heart for 
um, the presence of God, the heart for people. This wasn't about making a big band. No, no. The humility that they display is, um, you know, it's 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 encouraging. It really is. In fact, one of the things that Stu was talking about in regards to, to his book about the Beatitudes was the definition of, of, of meekness. And um, he said something, the meek is, quote, those whose presence is ignored. You can tell he really does love people. And that was the same with Tim Jupe. It was the same with Martin Smith. Yeah. Um, so great guys, great interview. Yeah. And I, man, I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah. And, and you know what else uh, Stu was all about? The Brits. The Brits. <laughs> Speaking of the Brits, I got I to throw this in here before we do Tate and his mate. <laughs> okay. So we, we talked a little bit about a, a burning bush moment. Yeah. For you, and even though you didn't refer to it as a burning bush moment, it ended up being one because Stu was in Peoria playing with Amy Grant, and you walked in and talked to him at the hotel lobby. Yeah. And he introduced you to her. Yeah. She had met her before, but yeah. reintroduced you to her, and she asked you, what do you do? And you brought the Dream Center, and then the rest is history. She's done lots of stuff at the Dream Center. But what you did not know in that exact moment was that in your future, you would win the egg toss on Easter at her home with Vince Gill. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Bam! Did I ever share that story? We did when Amy when was Amy on. Was yes, on yeah, because she brought right. it up that... Because I hadn't heard that story. Oh, I knew you yeah. went to her house and that you were the, 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 the egg toss champion at the Amy Grant Vince Gill <laughs> estate. <laughs> it, Home. It was, it was funny, mate. Because after that, did I ever share what I had to do afterwards about the egg hunt? I'm not for sure. Well, I'm going to share it. Okay. Because this yeah. is well, yeah, it's relevant. This is very funny. Okay. So she then comes up to me and... Uh, Amy says, hey, listen, we do this thing every year where the kids go looking for Easter eggs, right? Yeah. And we want you to, to be a part of that. I, I said, well, it's for the kids. She goes, no. <laughs> no, we want you to dress up in a bunny suit. <laughs> she says, no, seriously, you have to do it. I'm like, well, okay, all right. What I didn't know was in the eggs was money. I left Amy Grant's home with 111 You've got to be kidding <laughs> no, me. Because in one of the eggs was a $100 bill. It was like the prize egg that I found. Oh, my goodness. Like, like, so it doesn't stop there. So I'm like on cloud nine. I'm like, great, so, great. So were you the only adult? <laughs> were you the only adult out no, there looking for no, eggs? Every, think, okay, okay. Everyone so I, does I, it. I would like to see video of all these kids. And here's Andy knocking kids down and stealing their eggs. <laughs> no. oh. But we are going to go into Tate and his mate. <laughs> oh man! Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. For, I'm ready for the word. I'm, I'm uh, maybe it's from a pub this time. I don't know. No, uh, this one's a good one. Okay, you ready? I'm yep. going to put it into context. Yeah, I need to go and change the nappy. I need to go and change the nappy. N-A-P-P-Y. Nappy. N-A-P-P-Y. I need to change the nappy. Um, the diaper genie? Di- diaper genie? <laughs> the nappy? It's it's close. Really? Nappy is diaper. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so that, if, that is hilarious. Yeah. So, like, you know, if you see a, a, a baby or there's a smell or whatever, hey, you're going to change the nappy. 
Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, so that I was really close. You would. I almost got one. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> well, yeah, so you can it's use that word back. if you've got a newborn around you. Um, uh, you know, just throw the word out to your husband like, hey, can you change the nappy? Change the nappy. <laughs> like, hey, Andy, can you change the nappy and then go hide the eggs? <laughs> And I, I, I do know that you did like uh, the word we used last week, codswallop. The, the, the Co- codswallop? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I, I am finding a way. I, I use these words at least once a week. Yeah. And I have a lot of fun. So if you listen and you use these words in a sentence, let us know. And, you know, uh, you were talking to me earlier about... <laughs> We've been having a lot of reviews. So, yeah, we, uh, we have a few um, yeah, reviews and ratings. For those of you that listen via iTunes or Apple Podcasts, if you could um, help us out, give us a rating. We, it really helps us when you write a review. extends our reach. So thank you so much. We just, I mean, we do this for you. You're the listener. So if you love the show, please let us know and share it with your family and friends and subscribe yeah. and all that stuff. Yep. We just want to thank you for uh, listening to Revival Town Podcast. We... We do. We say it most most weeks, perhaps every other week. We do love doing this. Uh, love sharing the light on what God is doing throughout uh, this globe, but also have a bit of fun with it. And uh, I, I know we we have fun doing it. And I'm sure people they tell us about in their cars, laughing at some of the jokes and some of the things that we say. So yes, and I have um, I have friends that that listen. Yeah, listen in the car on the way to work, on the way home, and sometimes listen to the same episode. More than once, and we're just so grateful for those. And I'm going to give a shout out to Susan. You rock! Thank you for listening. I, I know you you love the show, and you let us know. So thank you, thank you, Susan and Chuck. Thank you for hey. doing this with us with me every week. Hey, hey, uh, thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're 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 about two thirds into the year, so uh, I'm sure uh, hopefully we'll get to the year soon. Uh, <laughs> because we're like, okay, enough is enough. I'm <laughs> with this thing <laughs> like who are these jokers <laughs> but you know what uh, we just appreciate you guys for listening and thanks for the feedback another i want to give another shout out to a uh, judy yeah. judy you listen you share thank you judy she gives us messages every week yes and uh, thank you we love getting the messages about uh, and you share as well a lot of people have been sharing uh, the the podcast as well and and putting your little twist in the description on what the podcast meant to you which is really good as well so till next week chuck thanks for doing revival town podcast with me thank you see you soon bye thank you for listening to this episode of revival town podcast make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for more information head on over to revivaltownpodcast.com